This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. This episode of All Possibilities is powered by Sennheiser, the future of audio. Trust. It's so important in order to live fully and happily. But trusting yourself? That's not something that comes easily to everyone. Coming up, you'll hear from Philip Kasumu, founder and CEO of Lyle, an app that uses artificial intelligence to help men lose weight and empowers them to be fit and healthy. You'll learn why a family member inspired him to make a difference in men's health, how despite some failed startups, he never gave up. And you'll discover a connection between mindfulness and cooking. Plus, the appearance of an octopus in his intuitive reading reveals how trusting yourself can bring boldness. Welcome to the All Possibilities podcast. I'm your host, Julie Chan, intuitive life purpose coach and founder of Being My Purpose. Together, let's embark on a discovery of all possibilities. Philip, it's so great to have you on the show today. It's great to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Let's start off with how you got to starting your company. You're an entrepreneur. What was the moment where you decided this is going to be what I'll do? Ah, good question. I think so. It started off in 2015. Uh, I was working in my consulting job over in London and I just didn't, I wasn't crazy about it. I didn't love it. And, um, you know, when you're at work and you're not really loving what you do, you end up just reading a ton of articles. <laughs> and so I started reading all these articles on like TechCrunch and Business Insider. And I was just learning so much about tech and startups and you know, these guys, these teenagers or these young, these young people raising like millions of dollars. I was like, this is crazy. I wish I can do that one day. And during that time as well, I was really into health and wellness. Um, it was kind of like my hobby, something I, I was really passionate about, something I really loved. And, um, you know, I came up with this idea of a platform that kind of married the fitness side of Instagram and Flipboard, the news app. Are you familiar with Flipboard? Uh, it's like a, consolidation of all the latest articles on one platform and then like Groupon. And then I wanted to bring them all together and put it in one place and focus solely on health and wellness. So I came up with this concept of this app called Body Page, and it was going to do just that. It was going to allow people to share their fitness journeys, um, to encourage one another to lose weight and whatever, achieve whatever goal they wanted, and then read articles on nutrition and fitness, with I, which I would create, um, curate rather over the web. Um, and then give you discount codes on healthy alternative products. And so I told my brother about it and I was like, you know, someone should really do this. And he was like, why don't you do it? <laughs> I was like, good question. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I was, you know, I had never done anything like that before. I've never been involved in tech. I've never created a product. I've never, I didn't know anything. And he was just like, oh, you know, go to like Google campus over in London and like find a CTO and get them to build it for you. He kind of like gave me this blueprint because he's an entrepreneur himself as well. Not in tech, but he's an entrepreneur. So I kind of like followed the steps. And then, you know, I was working on this idea with this guy. And then um, 
you know, I, I was thinking, okay, I want to quit my job. And, you know, you keep putting it off and it's like, I'm never going to have enough money. And then I read somewhere like, you will never have enough money. It will never be a good time. You just have to do it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. So I just set a date. I wrote a date down on my calendar and I said, no matter how much money I have, I'm going to quit my job on this day. And then I quit. Uh, I had like, I don't know, three grand in the bank. I was paying rent and, uh, you know, I had a car. That was, that was it. <laughs> um, so then I quit my job and then I'm working on this product full time. And then we launch it and we get like thousands of downloads. Like it was insane. I, I managed to hack my way around Instagram and partner with some influencers who were promoting the app on their pages. And we were getting like thousands of downloads. And then um, it just wasn't as sticky as I would have hoped the app to be because in order for a social network to really go viral you need to have like network effects and we weren't getting the network effects that we needed so um you know after a year or less than a year I was like okay I need to you know pivot and think of something else and then um I kind of looked at the data and we found out people weren't uploading images as much as I had hoped but they kept coming back to read articles on nutrition so I was like, okay, this is interesting. Let's kind of like dig deeper into this. So people were coming back to you maybe like five times a day to read articles, which is really high retention rate if you're thinking about an app. You know, people have tons of apps on their phone. If they're coming back to my app five times a day, then maybe there's something in that. And so I started to speak to some users and figure out like what was their biggest pain point. Um, at this time, I had let the CTO at the time go because we kind of fell out. Um, and he just, I don't think he was good enough for what we were trying to do. Had I learned more about technology and what to really look for in a tech person, I didn't think he was up to the mark. So he had left and then I was speaking to the users and looking at the data and we found that people just wanted to be, people just want to be told what to do. So I kept playing around with that idea, like how can I create something that tells people what to do? So then I came up with another app called Scambite. And the premise for that app was to bring transparency to food labels. So people would scan a nutritional label, we would define key terms on there, and then we will show you using animation how many sugar cubes are in a product and offer you an alternative. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. <laughs> and then, um, so I had a new CTO, found a new person, and then um, we built the product in like two or three months. And then we started testing it with people, but the use case was really limited because people were only using it if they were in the supermarket or on their lunch break. So it's like, it wasn't as sticky as BodyPage, the first app, but that wasn't good enough. So in my mind, I was like, okay, this is the second failure. All right, well, you know, running out of money now. I mean, at the time I was like doing a few odd jobs here and there, like personal training or consulting at my brother's company whenever I could or whenever they needed help. Um, but like, I was really running out of money. I was running out of motivation. I was like, all right, what am I going to do? I'm not going back to like work, work. Like I'm not going to give up, you know? So um, I decided that I was going to move to New York. <laughs> just, I was just going to do that. Why not? <laughs> I was like, I'm going to live in New York. And I think I should work at a startup that's raised, you know, 11 million, eight to $11 million, like series A, ideally in the health and wellness space kind of like ask if I can shadow the CEO because I saw that most successful entrepreneurs always had like unique backgrounds. They always did something that was always unconventional. Some were more conventional, like maybe they went to business school, then they went into consulting and then they went to become an entrepreneur. There was that background and then was the, the outliers who really, you know, changed the game and they always did random stuff. So I was like, this is going to be the random thing I do. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, made a list of 
entrepreneurs in San Francisco and New York. And I emailed all of them, you know, cold emails. And I was like, look, I just had two failed startups in London. I'm definitely an entrepreneur. I just need to figure some stuff out. Can I shadow you and learn from you for like six months and I'll work for free? And, um, you know, a few people came back, great idea, but don't have the space or don't have the budget. I was like, I'm free. What do you mean don't have the budget? <laughs> um, but yeah, so then one guy said yes. Uh, a guy called Derek Flanzerich, who's the CEO of Greatest. And um, they were like the perfect startup. They were in health and wellness. They just raised a series A and they were doing some cool stuff. We got to talking and after like two months of interviewing with him and like six other people on the team, he was like, okay, everyone loves you. Come. And I was like, great. <laughs> they got me a visa. I flew out. I shadowed him for six months. It was definitely the best experience I've ever had. It was kind of like a mini MBA, like a crash course, like real business problems being solved day to day, looking at, you know, burn rate, looking at products, looking at marketing, like literally I had my finger in every pie. I was involved with like board meetings, executive meetings, one-on-one -on -one meetings. Like I was literally like a fly on the wall for everything. And it was, it was definitely, um, I advise or I encourage everyone if they can do something like that to definitely do it because it's, it's definitely a life-changing experience and it gives you so much insight into the area of business and startups. And you just can't get that from a blog or a book. Um, so I did that. And while I was there, I was still like tinkering around with other ideas and like thinking like, what's going to be the next thing? Like, I need to think of the next thing. It has to be health and wellness because that's the only thing I know. <laughs> um, well, it's not the only thing I know, but it's the only thing I really care about. Um, and, you know, going back to that notion of, you know, I need to create something that tells people what to do. So then I wrote an article for Greatest while I was there because they're a health and wellness media company speaking to body image for men and like how men how that topic is not really discussed and it's not really a topic in like mainstream media. Like you hear about body image and body dysmorphia and body shaming for women, but no one really talks about it from a male's perspective, which I thought was really interesting. So I kind of like shared my story as a, a young male growing up, um, trying to figure out what he should look like and, you know, what does it look like to be a man and how do you look manly? And which is also, you know, really ridiculous because you are a man because you're a man, not because of how you look. Um, but at the time, you know, when you're like, you know, an 18 year old full of testosterone, you don't really know, I care about that. So I was a bodybuilder because I thought that's what men did. Um, so I kind of like spoke to that and like what I went through as a, as a young male. And it really resonated with a lot of guys. And, um, you know, it was the number one article on Greatest's site for a few weeks. Uh, Men's Health shared it. It got thousands of likes on social media. And I had guys emailing me saying, thank you for speaking about this. No one talks about stuff like this. So I kind of felt like there was something to be done when it came to men's health. So I, you know, after I left Greatest, messing around with this idea. And then I guess the light bulb moment came to create a weight loss product for men which is which turned out to be lyle so i don't know how long i was talking for them but <laughs> uh, yeah that's kind of how i got here <laughs> that's the entrepreneurial journey yeah right? wow you, never really said keep, it like all of that you keep creating new things testing it yeah. and some of them work some of them don't yeah. and you didn't give up which i think is is really commendable and and then you created your own apprenticeship program essentially Basically, yeah we actually called the role a founder apprentice mm -hmm. yeah we made it up yeah and and that was all out of your own initiative and yeah. then now you have lyle so tell us quickly what does what exactly does lyle do lyle is an ai powered weight loss app for men it helps men 
lose 10 pounds. Full stop. Full stop. <laughs> yeah. Get it if you want to lose 10 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we tell guys what to do using a conversational interface. Um, so we've done away with the, the traditional model of nutritional apps, which is kind of like calorie counting and tracking, which data kind of supports the fact that that doesn't actually work. And people typically fall off after about two to three weeks of using those products. So we wanted to create something that moved away from the norm of just tracking and logging and actually tell you what to do. Again, going back to that notion of people want to be told what to do. So the reason why we chose the conversational interface is because Lyle, which is using artificial intelligence, actually interacts with you like a dietitian would. So he asks you questions, you answer, you answer questions. He sends you a nutritional program at the beginning of every week, telling you what to eat for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and then you can have the groceries necessary from those programs delivered to you. So it makes weight loss and managing your weight super easy. You're told what to do, and then we deliver you the groceries in order to do that. Very easy. Very it's easy. just the food just arrives at your doorstep. You don't even have to think about it. So how how is it, um, let's say you have two different profiles of people who are using the app how what would it look like for each person how would it differ that would look the same um you know you have to imagine you have a real dietitian and they're texting you that is basically how it looks <laughs> so they'll ask you questions they'll check in with you they'll keep you motivated um they'll send you your tailored and your custom nutritional program at the beginning of each week so you know what you need to eat um and they'll make sure you're sticking with your your plan mm-hmm Meaning, I guess, like if you have, I don't, I don't pretend to know the different types of or archetypes of men that you would right. find who use the app. But if let's say one person is, um, I don't know, you would know more than this, but like what, what would the types of advice and the food that's sent over to their house look like? That's very different depending on, I don't know, maybe their um, how active they are yeah. or their current body type or their goal like how how what are what does that look like right so we focus more so on nutritional value as opposed to like traditional um you know plans where they focus more so on calories so depending on what your goal is which at the moment we're focused purely on weight loss you are given a very high um base protein diet so you're going to follow a, pro a high protein based diet um and it's going to be tailored to I guess your activity levels, the amount of protein and carbohydrates and fats that you need based on your lifestyle. So we go through a series of questions through the conversational interface, which basically determines what you should be eating. Mm -hmm. So one person, just because I visually have to picture this, one person could get protein shakes in the mail depending I mean, on gonna, how you don't recommend protein shakes, recommend protein <laughs> shakes. <laughs> what, what what are and then maybe someone else would get you know beef or or like a, a ready cooked meal like what is that what is the end product that arrives at their doorstep what oh, does that look the like the groceries yes. arrive at your door Mm -hmm. So it's, it's like, we will never recommend ready-made meals. First of all, that is horrible. <laughs> no, if Obviously, buying, I, mean, no. I will never, Lyle will I never just got rid you, of my microwave yeah, fairly no, recently. Lyle will never tell you to <laughs> buy a microwave dinner ever. That is full of garbage and chemicals and things that are not good for your body. Uh, it's a holistic diet. So, you know, raw foods, fruit, vegetables, you know, good snacks, high nutritious foods is what arrives at your door groceries very raw and you're gonna have to assemble them and you know cook yourself dinner 
because that's part of the process of living a holistic life you know what we really want to encompass with Lao or achieve with Lao rather is fitness nutrition and mindfulness and part of the cooking process is is, is part of that you know cooking actually soothes the body it's relaxing it takes your mind off the day-to-day errands um the stress of life so it's part of living a healthy lifestyle so we want to send you the ingredients so you're literally cooking coming more in tune with what you're cooking understanding nutrition understanding these ingredients and then thus encouraging you and motivating you to live a healthier life Mm. so this goes deep it does yeah this is this is far <laughs> deeper than just pure weight loss this is being conscious of what you're consuming and and really connecting to a, a create creative mindset yeah i mean we 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 call ourselves the nutritional apps 2.0 you know the new wave of how people should live do you help people with recipes or yeah so we have a dietitian on the team who mm helps cultivate recipes i'm not i'm not good at recipes <laughs> i'm not a dietitian i'm just a enthusiast you've gone through this long journey to get to this point and you've always said that health and wellness is your kind of passion place mm. place where you feel most comfortable and where you have a lot to contribute mm. can you bring us back to when you were young younger yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was what was happening for you to actually latch on to this particular field? Good question. Um, so I've always thought about this as well. I'm like, where did this come from? Like I could have been into anything like cars or, you know, sports. I mean, I was into sports. I was actually really good at sports. But I think for me, it kind of started. So first of all, my dad is morbidly obese. Like he is very, very, very big. Um, and you know, I grew up, my mom and my dad split up when I was quite young, but I, he did live in the house up until I think I was around six years old, six or seven years old. Um, and then they broke up and whatnot. And then I still had, you know, a fairly decent relationship with my dad. I still would see him, but knowing that that was my destiny because those are my genes scared me. And I was like, I need to work out for the rest of my life if I never want to look like that. So that was always something that lingered in the back of my mind. Um, And then when I got to, I think about the age of 16, so growing up, me and my brother, I have an older brother, he's two years older than me. We used to fight a lot, Um, but obviously he's older. And then he started working out a lot earlier than I could because obviously he was bigger than me. So then I think we, he got to a point where he was too big to fight anymore. (laughs) And now we had a fight and, you know, I lost and I was like, you know, one day I'm just going to be bigger than you. And then that kind of like propelled me to like want to go work out and be big and be strong. And like, it really like fed into the whole notion of like, I'm going to take health and wellness really seriously because I don't want to like my dad. But now I actually just want to be bigger than my brother now as well. So uh, I think the competitiveness kind of like spurred that on. So then, uh, yeah, it kind of just stuck ever since then. <laughs> and then when I would go out, um, you know, I, I started, you know, I, I was getting so big to a point where it was like really noticeable. And then when I started university, you know, I kind of found my tribe in the gym as well. And that was how we connected. And then, you know, it became a thing. And then, uh, yeah, I think I got to a point where I just took it too far. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say taking it too far. Uh, no. But what I, I love 
hearing how it does stem from your family and yeah. and the the kinds of things that you know we learn or conclude when we're kids and and that that theme then carries throughout your life it's crazy yeah and that's that's it's amazing motivator and i find the most passionate and successful entrepreneurs are the ones who who can connect it back to something that really drives them on on a much deeper level than something that's you know intellectual or this is you know a gap in the market or whatever yeah. that could look like when it when it does connect to that sort of story that makes it very it creates a, a life of its own yeah and just to add to that as well um i read this book not too long ago called the the art of possibility um it was written by a husband and wife and the name escapes me right now but they they spoke about this um i forgot what this notion that when you are in early childhood we are attributed certain titles as you grow up and then we use those characteristics that have been bestowed upon us to graduate from childhood or to like survive childhood and then we go across we come across i mean we grow up believing those characteristics that have been bestowed upon us so for me it had always been a case that I was you know fit and active and I was a sporty one and I was a strong one so for me that was kind of like what my identity was wrapped up in as well and that's kind of like stuck with me up until I guess now really as well so uh, yeah and for all the people who are using your app yeah <laughs> yeah beyond weight loss it's to be to be fit to be strong yeah to be healthy to be healthy you've learned a little bit about Philip and his entrepreneurial journey and how his childhood actually led to what he's doing today, empowering people to, to be fit, strong, and healthy. And you're going to learn a little bit more about him. Coming up next, I'm going to share an intuitive reading that I've already done for Philip, and we'll see what that shows. Do you have a story or a comment you'd like to share? I'd love to hear from you. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at All Possible Show. You can also connect with me directly at my own website, beingmypurpose.com. The superior audio quality on Mouth Media Network is powered by Sennheiser. And as a listener, you can receive a 25% discount on virtually any headphone, microphone, and other high-quality audio product available to purchase directly on the Sennheiser website. Just visit Sennheiser.com and enter the code MouthMediaSen, that's MouthMedia, S-E-N-N, at checkout. Okay, Philip. So from what I understand, this is your first intuitive reading ever. Right. Yeah. And so for you and for um, our listeners, I'll explain how I do this work. So I all I have is your email address and your name. Mm. And that alone is enough because I'm able to um, essentially target your specific energetic imprint meaning if if i have something that identifies you um, i'm able to then tune in to receive information so you may have heard you know on tv or pop culture people need like a photo or people need 
um, to hold an object of someone else's. It's really just it's just energy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so when I do my readings um, for these particular ones, I ask or I set the intention to receive information on what is the highest guidance for you at this time, which just means given everything that's going on in your life, what is the one thing that I can share with you that can help you connect with yourself on a soul level and that can help you move forward in whatever way that you want to move forward. And usually I do these readings all beforehand. So I did this one last night. I first meditated and then connected to your name and then let my mind go blank. And that's when thought impressions and images start coming in. So clear audience is my strongest sense. And so uh, which means clear hearing. And so I would be fully conscious at my laptop and I would hear, it's very subtle, these thought impressions, almost like um, transcribing mm. what someone else is saying. And so I would type and every so often I might hear, okay, it's time for an image because an image is worth a thousand words. And so I'll close my eyes and I'll see streaming video, kind of, you know, different scenes or, you know, whatever pops up into my, my mind's eye. Um, I note, I might feel emotion, I might know things, and then I'm back to my laptop and typing out what I see and what I felt. And then for, for these readings, I also get an action step. So this is something for you to reflect on, to consider, uh, because everything, everything revolves around, you know, what you're able to, um, what you're able to, how you're able to be like your state of being, as well as what you end up doing out of it, like what actions you can take. So, yeah. Um, so I have this in my phone right here in front of me and let's see another few things to note. One is that everything is written in third person. So it refers to you as Philip, he, him, those types of pronouns and then every so often, there are words that are in all caps, meaning they're capitalized. They're just more important, like something to be emphasized. And so my, my visual signal is I'll just hold my fingers up like this to indicate that as I'm saying those words to you, that they are in all caps. And I'll also email this to you so that you can easily see this visually. And what will happen is I'll just share this with you verbatim and as you listen just allow yourself to follow the imagery follow the imagery with your not just your brain we can be very like intellectual at times but also just like your body your heart and if you have any thoughts or it um it might just allow your brain and your heart to just come up with connections all on its own and so that, you know, keep those in mind because afterwards we'll talk about them. And don't worry if they don't seem like your thoughts relate at all because sometimes it's not linear. Mm. Okay. Any questions on your end? No, I'm excited to hear this. Okay. I'm excited too because every time I do these readings, I feel like I'm jumping off a cliff because I never know whether they resonate. And yeah. if they don't, they don't. You know, we had a good laugh. And if they do, then it becomes an opportunity for us to really discuss uh, what is there. I see it as a, a vehicle to get even deeper yeah. into what's on your mind. Okay. And, um, and I may have mentioned this before, but everything seems to come out as metaphors. 
because, you know, pictures, metaphors, just as concepts, they're very, they're just jam-packed with nuance and information. It's just very, it's a complex way of communicating a message. And for whatever reason, all my readings come up with metaphors. So you're, you're in for your own metaphor here. Okay. So for you, I asked, what is the highest guidance for him at this time? And it says, for Phil, it is about his ability to connect with his limbs, his arms and legs that serve as extensions of himself. He is a tactile person, and just like an octopus or a squid has tentacles that help them map out their environment, he has an ability to sense, all caps, things that seem external to his own body. What this means is that he has to trust that he is sensing these things, whether it is sensing the nature of a room, the details of a place, its physical characteristics, even its color from a mood perspective. Imagine that these limbs have the ability, all caps, to sense detail, like an echolocation in physical form. What this gives him is thus a way to interact with the world that lets him navigate it with grace, with knowledge, and with a knowing, all caps. It is this knowing, all caps, that we recommend he learn to trust. And then the image that I got for you is a continuation of this metaphor. You saw an octopus in a tank, using its tentacles to crawl over the gravel, noting where the tank boundaries lay, noting where there were large rock sculptures and other objects in his path. You saw a squid in the ocean, very much doing the same thing, using its limbs as an extension of its brain, mapping its environment down to physical and emotional characteristics. And then the action step I received. This is something to reflect on, play with. It says, reflect on his ability to sense and map his surroundings, both on a physical and an emotional level. Explore what it means for him to cultivate this sense and to trust that it is giving him information that he can act on. So that's the end of the reading. I'd love to hear how this resonates and mm. what it brings up for you. So any thoughts, any memories, any stories, any ideas mm. from your life? Interesting octopus. <laughs> <laughs> when I think of an octopus, I think of, you know, obviously eight legs, trying to do many things. Trying to do all the things. 
I think it was interesting the part you mentioned the knowing and knowing to trust because I try and I feel as though I try and do a lot of things on my own and if it's something I don't know I try to it's like even the things I do know I don't trust I know them (laughs) I question myself sometimes um I feel like this metaphor is kind of telling me to almost trust myself, you know? That's why that's what I was getting from that some in some way. Like trust what I know. And by doing that you get to be more bold, you know? Take more action, do more things. Not being paralyzed by the lack of not knowing when you do really know that makes sense (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah interesting the reading also had this focus on like a physicality Mm. in terms of your body and being able to sense what's around you what does that bring up for you any like stories from your childhood, any moments where you feel like you sensed, you, you maybe didn't know how you knew, but you sensed something. I'm, I've always been really good at, you know, emotional intelligence and reading rooms and reading people. Because I think, you know, when you want to be an entrepreneur, like you're always told networking is key. So you have to be a people person. You have to be able to navigate. You have to be able to, know when to ask the right questions and know how to approach certain situations. And that works definitely in a professional setting and it works in other settings. Um, you know, maybe you're in the the wrong neighborhood or you're in the wrong place at the wrong time and just being able to gauge that, which I've definitely been in those situations. Just being able to gauge that situation and then act accordingly is something I've 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 now been quite good at. It's definitely a strength of mine. Um, Understanding situations, understanding places, knowing what the dynamic is. Um, Yeah. Were there any moments when you didn't trust it? (sighs) Probably. I can't think of anything (laughs) right now. Probably. But they always say, you know, wherever your gut gut feeling is, always go with that. And sometimes I second guessed it, but that goes back to, you know, the metaphor as well, like knowing and trusting. Um, because if you trust your gut, then you will always act accordingly as opposed to second guessing. Yeah, the the image that came up for me, this octopus. It was interesting that there were two different images, actually. One where the octopus was in a tank, mm. meaning... It had, yeah, it was, it had boundaries and a tank is clear. So, you know, technically, you know, any other animal, like a bird, for example, might just fly straight into it Mm. and hurt itself in the process. But this octopus is able to sort of like an extension of itself and and how it said it was that the limbs were sort of a extension of its brain of just seeing like, what's, what are the boundaries? Where is everything located? And then using that information it can navigate so it seems to me that that you you have that ability 
to navigate in different situations. And, you know, you had mentioned this emotional intelligence is both physical and emotional. You're able to read these things. You may not be conscious of it mm. and you may find that someone else doesn't have this skill or maybe they, you know, they haven't cultivated it in, in the way that you do. And sometimes we tend to think, you know, doesn't everyone have this skill, right? Yeah. Like if, if that's all you know, you yeah. sort of assume that everyone else does. And, and so in that re respect, it works for you when you are able to navigate places that do have boundaries. And the same goes with the squid in its natural environment in the ocean where there's mm. really nothing. It's just, um, it, it's just mapping what's going on around it. It's the same skill. And I think, yeah, in, within the, um, the second explanation with the squid, and I think you spoke about the octopus being in a natural environment as well when, Mm -hmm. going over the, gra the gravel and moving obstacles out of its way. I kind of, you know, that reminds me of like entrepreneurship. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like in this wild environment on the gravel, which is, you know, the entrepreneurial landscape. And there are a ton of obstacles in the way. You know, there's failures and, you know, trying to raise money and acquire customers and, the team and all these other things are stopping you or hindering the success of your company. But I guess as the octopus moves those things out of the way, as do I, you know, like, like you said earlier, I don't quit. And, you know, whether Lao works or it doesn't, it doesn't matter because I'll do something else and I'll keep doing something else. Cause you know, I only need to be right once. So um, yeah, that kind of resonated with me a lot in terms of moving across the gravel and just con constantly moving and then moving the objects, the obstacles out of the way. And when you, when you say that you want to trust your gut instincts or, you know, this, this concept of knowing mm. and just acting from it, what would that translate into in your business? What are some examples of actions you might have taken or might not have taken if you didn't trust yourself i guess like hiring the right person that's always a big one because sometimes you know when someone is not great and it's like do i hold out you know we need we, i really need this person now maybe they could grow to be good and they never do <laughs> they never do you've learned from experience that they yeah, they never they, do they, they never do um so then yeah if i if you trust your gut in that instinct then you wouldn't go through the pain of bringing that person on board and then figuring out how to get them out after a certain period of time you know it was almost inevitable they were gonna have to leave mm -hmm. but like why why not trust your gut and just you know say no Hmm. It takes courage to do that. It does. Same with girls too. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes she, you know, she's not good. <laughs> you waste time, you know. You still date them, and it's like you're holding out for that future moment where yeah, maybe, maybe it's this all gets gonna better. work out. It doesn't. Um. You know. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Nice. Well, I'll leave that with you. Yeah. Thank you. And. Uh, let me know what happens out of it, but really it seems like the core, the core message is to 
be that octopus know and trust in the information that you're receiving you may not know why or how you're receiving this information but mm. if it leads you to to you know discern you know what is what you know what are the obstacles in front of me how do i navigate around them how do i emotionally feel about this potential hire or this girl whatever it is that this is all information that you want to look at mm. And and the more you cultivate this sense of knowing, the more the more the easily more easily it comes to you. It's very natural. Sure, it's good. Coming up, you'll hear from Philip about what is next for him. Where is this octopus going? <laughs> Do you remember what we used to say about running? Oh, somebody bigger had to chase you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. I'm BJ Smith, and that's exactly how I felt about running most of my life. That was until one fall day in 2011. I was chasing my son in the backyard when... Something had to change. This was the beginning of my journey to becoming a runner. One that would take me from couch to marathon in less than two years. Now I'm setting my sights higher. This is 16 Weeks, a new podcast from Mouth Media Network, following me on my journey to get into shape while keeping up my obligations at work and still being there for my family. And I'm not doing it alone. My name is Keith Smart. I won a silver medal in Beijing. I'm a sport and exercise psychologist at ECU. Coach athletes all over the world. and I'll talk with experts about challenges all runners face, like figuring out how to make time to run, what to eat, and how to train. You got so dehydrated. Your heart rate went up and it felt like you were working so hard. Everything's trainable, whether it's run form, strength. That's all trainable. And so is our thinking. Subscribe now to 16 Weeks on iTunes, Google Play Music, or wherever you find great podcasts. Together, we can do this. Philip, imagine the octopus. It knows where it's going. Right is navigating its environment. Where do you see this metaphorical octopus in five, 10 years? Oh, five, 10 years. I honestly think in five to 10 years time, Lyle is gonna be enormous. I honestly think it's gonna help millions of guys um, become more confident, lose weight, become the best versions of themselves and become a real staple in society. You know, the vision I have for Lyle is for it to compete with the likes of Weight Watchers and Nutrisystem to be in its own category because ultimately those products service females um, and they've been around for, you know, decades. I feel like it's time for something like that to exist for, you know, my generation, the millennial, millennial males, and us to have a thing like that, where it's not focused on aesthetics or, you know, looking a certain way, but more so holistic health and encompassing everything, you know, because we know now health is no longer just a case of weight loss. It's mental, it's physical, it's emotional, it's everything. Um, and I think that's where we have an opportunity to really win and change the conversation when it comes to health for, for men. Um, you know, I can't see Weight Watchers bringing out, you know, <laughs> a mindfulness product right now. 
I don't think their audience their audience would resonate with that, to be honest. But ours are a lot more receptible. Ours are a lot more acceptable to that, um, especially in this day and age. We know meditation and mindfulness is essential. So um, I think, you know, building a platform around that is the goal, is the future. Um, and hopefully we can help men, you know, live healthier lifestyles. Because right now, men have a, you know, higher death rate than women. We're more likely to die before you guys. We're more likely to get chronic disease before you guys. And that's because we're stressed, we're overworked, and we're eating bad. <laughs> um, and women don't. <laughs> well, not as much. Um, you know, the stats are like, men are like 73% more likely to like commit suicide, for example. So there's really deep and underlining issues that men face that are not being spoken about. Um, and I really want to be able to be in a position to create a platform to to talk about that and solve it, solve that problem or be part of the solution at the very least. I like how how deeply you're thinking and that it's it's beyond weight loss in terms of the mindfulness and um, the role that being healthy, being fit, being strong um, how men can play that role. Mm -hmm. And what I see beyond that is that because you're focusing on men, that there is an opportunity to have tremendous ripple effects beyond the individual. Mm. What do you see as, uh, or what do you hope to see when it gets to that point, when it finally is beyond the individual, knowing the role that men play in society and families and communities? I mean, I guess it's about how the next generation think about health as well. You know, it needs to become commonplace to be able to say, I am struggling with this, or I don't feel comfortable doing this. Um, and just, you know, create a dialogue ultimately with amongst men because we don't talk about things that's part of the main issue is because men don't talk about certain things um so i kind of see you know with lao us not only being a platform that encourages individuals but then encouraging those individuals to empower other people around them you know because if they're in the better state of mind then everyone around them can be in a better state of mind true I think, yeah <laughs> start with each person yeah. each man each one teach one yes i like that what advice would you give to someone else who is maybe starting out maybe maybe they're in their consulting job right now yeah <laughs> and maybe they're um we haven't talked about this yet but maybe they're a person of color who is looking to start a new business and maybe yeah. they're thinking you know i don't i don't look like all those other CEOs who yeah. are being funded by investors. I mean, yeah. it, is, it is a thing. It's a, it's it's a, a huge big thing. thing. Yeah, I mean, less than 2% of venture capital goes to people of color. Mm -hmm. um, and you're talking about $60 billion industry, which is insane. And I think less than 10% less than of that goes to female entrepreneurs. Um, so there's a huge debate at the moment. And there is a lot of conversation and movement in the space. And I think more is being done, but more can always be done. Um, and I guess, yeah, the advice I'd say is start with what you have. Don't let that be an obstacle. Um, 
you know, if you're going to win, you're always going to win. It doesn't matter how. Um, and just start straight away. And if you're doing the consulting job, like do it for as long as you can. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I mean, in, in the sense that it doesn't overtake or it doesn't hinder you from, you know, focusing on the goal, the main goal. Because, the, the I mean, an issue that I found when I was back in London, when I was doing my consulting gig and personal trainer was that it got to a point where I was working so much to like just make some money to survive that it actually ended up being a full-time job again. So then the product suffered because the whole reason for me, you know, quitting my job and trying to go all in on being an entrepreneur was so I could be all in on an entrepreneur. And so the consulting gigs were only supposed to be a were only supposed to be there to facilitate and finance the journey, right? But then it ended up overtaking the journey and becoming the main thing. You know, working longer hours, you always want to make a bit more because you're consulting, you know how long it's going to last for. And then before you know it, you're working, you know, 10 hours a day. And then the startup only gets four hours a day. Whereas it should be the other way around. It should be the startup gets 10 hours a day and then the part-time job just allows you to survive. Um, Don't get too fancy as well. I I feel like a lot of people... They want to become entrepreneurs, but they're scared about, you know, maybe like downgrading a little bit or like downgrading their lifestyle and they don't want to do that. They just need to get over it. Um, I have no problem. It's okay eating canned tuna fish. Yeah. As long as you're keeping it healthy and like. Oh, wait, sorry. Wrong. No, I mean like canned tuna fish is not that bad. But I mean like you can, you know, $20, $30 a week, you buy a few eggs, some vegetables, some fruit, you know, you live a good life, you know, you're not boiling out, but you're surviving and you can live on a budget. You know, you can be healthy on a budget. Um, but don't let that stop you. Because I feel like that stops a lot of people. You know, they want to keep up appearances. I don't keep up appearances. I don't care about appearances. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Good advice. I like that too. <laughs> Who is on your wish list of people or companies that you want to connect with? Just to put it out there put in the universe. There the universe. So right now, Thrive Market, actually. They're an interesting company that we would love to speak to. Um, and there's a bunch of investors that, you know, wouldn't mind having a conversation with. John Dua from KBBC BC in uh, San Francisco. I'd love to have a chat with him. <laughs> uh, you know, some of the obvious ones, Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg. Who knows? I can fit some time in my calendar for those guys. <laughs> I can pencil you in. I yes. can pencil those guys in. And Elon Musk, of course. And Peter Till, actually. I'd like to speak to Peter Till. I find him very interesting. But yeah, that's pretty much it. One... One last question. Oh, okay. You had mentioned earlier on that a lot of the entrepreneurs that you admire, that you're inspired by, they they have a very um, non-traditional path. Maybe they've had very, very different experiences in Mm. their life that have somehow led them to this point. What is one experience that you wish you had that you haven't yet done? Mm, that's good. That's a good question. I wish I went to Harvard. 
I mean, that network, Jesus, it's crazy. I would, I would only want to go to Harvard for the network. That's it. That's one experience I would have loved to have, you know, experienced. But I guess I would have meant going back to college and studying for four years, which I did not enjoy. Um, oh, they have, they have um, executive programs. Oh, yes, they do. I would recommend looking into them. Uh, yeah, maybe. Um, I guess on a more realistic sense, <laughs> uh, one experience that I would love to, you know, have on the entrepreneurial resume, so to speak, is going to Y Combinator, uh, you know, the prestigious accelerator in San Francisco. I think that's, you know, realistically within reach at some point, but that's one thing I, I would love to do. How about the crazy one? Not Nothing to do with business. Nothing to do with business? Oh, that's easy. Live in India for a year. Oh, okay. And why? I just think India is a very interesting country. I mean, there's a billion people there. They must have something going on. <laughs> um, you know, it's just an eclectic mix of people. Like, I feel like the culture is really interesting. Um, it's not expensive to live over there either. And just experiencing, you know, different foods, different cultures, the way people live. And just like, you know, going back to that notion of living and living a stoic lifestyle. You know, I think I could definitely achieve a stoic lifestyle in India while still living a good life. Um, and I would just love to experience that at some point. Mm. Yeah. And eating good and healthy food. Yeah. Natural food. Nice. Because they don't have an obesity problem in India. <laughs> But they do on the Western world. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Mm, that's a whole nother discussion. Really is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how can our audience connect with you and learn more about your work? Yeah. So you can follow me on Instagram at Philip Kasumu, spelled K-A-S-U-M-U. And that's Philip with one L. Um, same handle at Twitter. So at Philip Kasumu. They can email me, philip at justlyle.com. So that's J-U-S-T-L-Y-L-E.com. Uh, yeah, and they can listen to my podcast, um, Startup Hand-Me-Downs, or on iTunes, Stitcher, and everywhere else you listen to your favorite podcast. So yeah, that's a lot of places. Well, Philip, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me and for for sharing all your your insights your journey and best of luck with thank Lyle. you for having me guys welcome and for you think about being the octopus as well trusting and knowing your own instincts what would that look like for you and what actions would you take when you fully trust and believe in the information that you're receiving, whether or not you know how you're receiving the information. And until next time, be on the lookout for all possibilities. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at All Possible Show. Episodes are available on iTunes, Google Play, and our website, allpossibilitiesshow.com. This show is produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2017, all rights reserved. No portion of the show may be distributed or published without the expressed written permission of the producers. 
Thank you for joining us. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.